<clears throat> All right, welcome. Uh, episode two, Lost in the Sauce with DT, the podcast. Um, we're going to go ahead and knock out one real quick. Um, let me just, I'll, I'll set the scene for you real quick. I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme in my podcast. So we are piping to you live from the studio slash the inside of my car. The air conditioning is still off because it just makes this stupid little noise it's like this background vibration thing and you know we're pros around here so we can't have any any kind of audio interference so it's hot it's dude it's like um shit i don't even know what today's date is it's july it's after july 4th um i am i had to stop by target so i the reason i'm doing this kind of impromptu today um i had a couple things that were planned that got rearranged and I find myself a little bit of free time. I've got a meeting at work here in a minute. Um, so uh, that's kind of, this is the time we, this is the hand we've been dealt and these are the cards we're gonna play. So uh, I'm currently in the back of the East Memphis Target parking lot. I had to do some shopping. So, um, and by the way, they rearranged that store, which is pretty ridiculous, but you know, whatever, who cares? Um, and, uh, so I decided real quick that I would just kind of, I'm tucked into the back of the parking lot, um, backed in, mind you, because let me tell you something, I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and you ain't just going to roll up on me without seeing, without me seeing what's going down. So we back in around here and we keep our eyes peeled, but I have a feeling there's not going to be any, any major ruckus in the back of the Target parking lot today, besides me just uh, randomly blathering into my phone doing a podcast. So, um, I wanted to put a little more content out there and, uh, I'll be honest. Um, we all know what I do for a living. I'm a chef. Um, I also raise a dog. That's basically all I ever do with my life. Um, but I've been pretty busy lately. Um, you know, the restaurant business is the restaurant business and it'll kind of suck you in and it'll definitely take up a large slice of your life, uh, situationally. Um, you know, cause things happen and you just got to make, you got to make things work. So, um, I realize there's been a little bit of a lag between episodes. I will do better in addressing that, but here I am. I wanted to bang something out and get something else out to you guys because, um, on one or like, because point a, uh, man, it's been really cool. A few people have shot me some messages and a few people have kind of like pulled me aside or bumped into me places and mentioned the podcast people that I wouldn't really expect, um, to give a flying crap what I'm doing, have listened and they thought it was cool. And, um, which I'm really appreciative of, you know, we all, we all like for the things that we think are cool and other people think that they're cool. You know, we all like positive attention. We're human beings. Um, so I, I appreciate that, um, for sure. For those of you out there that are listening and for those of you out there that have some interest and, uh, point B, I feel like I said point A earlier. Um, you know what? I don't even think I have a point B, so we'll just, We'll move right along. Um, I've had a couple conversations recently with people, um, and I actually had a text conversation with somebody briefly this morning, just kind of, you know, that reassurance of like, you know, dude, life is life. You're doing what you do. You can't always control the outcome, but you can control, um, you know, what you're trying to do or the effort you put in or the work you're willing to do. And so it kind of got me thinking these little conversations I've been having about life's journey. Um, you know, I think as, as human beings, hopefully at some point in our life, we identify that thing that we want 
that thing that we want to pour time, energy, and emotion into. Um, you know, and I think it can be multiple things. I think it can be career. I think it can be family. I think it can be people. Um, you know, I think it can be like service or, you know, charity or, I mean, it can be whatever you want it to be. You know, that's the beautiful thing about this life, man. We, we got the brushes, we do the painting and we, we paint the picture we want to paint. That being said, I don't feel like it all, definitely my life experience. I don't think it all unfolds in this, you know, it's kind of like we have that moment. It's like, okay, man, I'm here and I want to go there, or this is what I want to do. I want to be a race car driver. You know, I want to be a, a whatever, uh, a hula hoop artist or a, a painter. And it's like, I'm here. I want to go there. Like, let's do this. You know, let's, or, you know, I want to go to school, whatever your thing is. And, um, and it feels in our head, it feels like in that moment, it's this very linear thing. It's this very point A to point B, um, thing. And as anybody knows, that's lived more than 15 minutes on this earth. Um, you throw your hat in the ring and, um, you know, the universe dictates outcomes the way that it wants to enter to dictate the dictate the outcome. And it just doesn't always unfold as cleanly and as precisely and as painlessly as unfortunately we would like. Um, but that's legit okay not only in my opinion all these are my completely humble opinions or semi-arrogant opinions uh you know however you'd like to to receive them it's okay that things don't unfold the way that you want them to unfold not only is it okay i swear in my life that's the way it has to be um it is encouraged it is definitely some of the most positive periods of time of growth and of learning and of living in my life have been when I'm literally, you know, not minute to minute, but sometimes day to day or week to week, like questioning, like, why am I standing here? Or why am I, why is, why is this that? Or why is that this? Um, this is not what I had on the drawing board, or this is not where I set out to go, but, um, this is where I find myself. And, as best I can, as best I can describe it, or as best I can um, put a definition on it, is I feel like in life, um, you know, definitely um, we're not always ready for the things that we think we want. Um, I I can definitely say that in my life. So I feel like the universe allows you. It allows you your goal and it allows you the destination, but on some levels, it's going to pick the path that you walk to get there. Um, it's going to put you in situations. It's going to put you in scenarios to teach you things that in, you may or may not understand in the moment, but it, there's value in it. You know, I feel like every day, like if I wake up and, you know, and granted, this is all like, <laughs> I, I, you know, when I'm talking, I'm talking in, in, um, in terms of the standard, like this is, this is the goal. This is not always the practice. And that's 150% always true in my life. I set out to have a clean goal. I set out to have the, the, the feel good thing that I want and I make mistakes all along the path. So just keep in mind when I'm talking, I'm talking from the position of I'm sitting in my car doing a fucking podcast right now. I'm not sitting at the job that I don't like and I don't understand why I'm there. So don't think that I don't identify with those situations or I don't identify with the frustration of, I, you know, this is not what I want or that is not what I want. I don't understand 
why I have to go through this day to day because anybody that knows me, um, anything that I've ever let go of in my life has been pried from my cold, dead grip of a hand. Like I don't give up nothing, you know, easily. And a lot of these lessons that I've learned, I've learned probably in the most painstaking way possible. So don't think I'm that dude coming from that place who's like super zen. And it's like, oh my God, if you will just focus on the solution, because you know, I've, I've reached a lot of solutions by being fully immersed in the problem. <laughs> and, uh, I will tell you this, if you can avoid it, avoid that shit, because I've definitely expended a lot of energy and I've definitely learned a lot of lessons, these super duper extra, extra hard way, which, you know, if you can avoid that, please do. But, um, when I look back at my own life, you know, and, and just even like, you know, as you know, this, this podcast is on some level, it's going to be, it's, it's going to end up, I'm going to tell you this right now. I, uh, I have no allegiances. I pledge myself to nothing. This podcast is going to be about whatever it's about. This podcast is going to be an illustration of the point that I'm making right now today going forward. It's going to be about whatever it needs to be about, whatever I want it to be about, I'm going to do the talking, I'm going to do the footwork, and I'm going to let this thing pick its own path. But in my life, you know, and as we know, cooking and recovery are kind of the two um, balls that I'm going to juggle in this podcast. I got clean at age 29. Um, (laughs) Maybe on some levels as the podcast goes forward, I'll tell y'all some stories about me not being clean or or me arriving to that place where I had to go to rehab. But I mean, Jesus Christ, we've all seen... Requiem for a Dream. We've all seen all those movies. You know, pick whatever you want and superimpose it. World's longest after school special, yada, yada, yada. I arrive at age 29 and I get clean. And so I'm sitting down at a treatment center in Clarkstown, Mississippi. I kind of had to chill out, um, leave some people alone and uh, figure out how to be good in people's lives again, um, which is always a work in progress. Um, so I decided I wanted to cook again. You know, it's it's the thing that I'm passionate about. It's what I want to do. It's I, I want to be a chef. I can remember when I was a kid, you know, my mom let me cook recipes out of her recipe books and, you know, whatever. There's the thing. I threw the fucking dart. It landed on that. Let's do this shit. Let's get this bread or let's make this bread, I guess, to put it in chef's terms. But um, so there's the destination now I have to set out upon the path. And so, you know, the first step of the path is, uh, get back to Memphis. Let's get to cooking. Let's, um, let's see if, if a, I can do this shit clean and sober and B, if I really even want to do this, you know, and, and, um, so, you know, real quick background on one of the original destinations of my path. Um, I just moved back up here, you know, and I started cooking And there were like, it seems like, you know, looking back just real quick, um, situation after situation that just led to discouraging circumstances after discouraging circumstances, you know, we've all got stories. We all know the restaurant business. It's like, you know, I burnt out a couple of places and I worked for some people that were like off the chain insane, you know, and like, you know, who am I to call anybody else insane? But whatever, man, these motherfuckers were insane. And, um, you know, so I I just remember like being at all these crossroads, man. I mean, I'll put myself out there. I can remember, um, my mom at one point in time brought a bunch of her friends to a restaurant that I was at. I was not the chef. Um, and, uh, 
you know, it, it was just one of those days. Um, and I basically, <laughs> it was so weird. My mom's having a birthday party with all of her friends out in the dining room. And I'm back in the kitchen at the complete moment where I was about a year in of working, you know, 80-ish hours a week for someone that was a complete, um, somebody that was a very interesting human being. We'll choose politically correct terms. And I broke. Um, I literally had that moment where I broke in a kitchen with my mom and a bunch of people that have known me my whole life sitting in the dining room. And um, uh, I remember walking out back and like the party ended and I'm like literally sitting back there like, why the fuck am I doing this with my life? Like, you know, can I do this? Can I do this clean and sober? Am I even any good at this? Like, you know, what am I doing? And I hear somebody call my name and I look over and it's my mom, (laughs) of course. And she was looking for me to say goodbye. And she had stuck in her, she had like stuck her head in the kitchen and they were like, Oh, we don't know where he's at. We think he's out back. And I can remember like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that like nobody wants to admit, but I'm like a 30 year old man. And I look across and I look into the eyes of my mom and I start to tear up and it's like, man, you know, I don't know if I can do this. Um, I don't know a, if I have this inside me and like B, you know, I don't know if I have anything inside me anymore just because, you know, I'd been through a lot and it had been, you know, an interesting couple of years and like I had gotten clean and I had immersed myself in recovery in like this super safe, super, super insulated place. I was working at a treatment center and all my friends were like on the same shit that I was on, you know, and I, I come back up to Memphis and it's this town that has all these memories for me and it has all these, you know, like if you ever want to think about your life, you know, drive past all those places where you've like literally made some of the hugest mistakes in your life, you know, and, um, and, and that's some of the stuff that cycles through, you know? So I I had this moment where I'm like standing out back talking to my mom, who's, you know, I love my mom. I love my entire family, but man, that is not the place and time that I wanted to be in right then. Like I wanted to walk out. I wanted to go home. I wanted to, you know, bury my head in the fucking covers and, and let somebody worry about where I was for four or five days. Um, but once again, you know, the universe had other plans. And so it's like, I get that nudge. I get through that moment. I don't quit. I, you know, I, I did go home, but you know, I come back the next day and, you know, immediately get met with the same thing that I was met with the day before. But it's like, I had this, this newfound peace or this newfound, you know, whatever, so fast forward that, you know, so I'm still on the path of cooking and, and I don't know where it's going to go, you know, because I think there's this moment that every line cook has where it's like, man, I want to be a chef. You know what? I'll tell you exactly what the root cause that lies in all of it. Everybody gets sick of another motherfucker telling them what to do. Right. And so you're looking across the board and you're like, man, that dude does whatever he wants, which is what you think as a line cook. You think the chef walks in and out and does whatever he wants. I'm here to tell you that ain't the case. Everybody answers to somebody and the pressure only increases the higher you climb anyways. um, So you have this moment where it's like, man, I want to be that dude. I want to be the chef. I want to, you know, I want to do what I want to cook what I want. I want to, I want to, you know, we're at the end of the day, we're all just bigger versions of that childlike self. You know what I mean? So I continued to push and I continued to, you know, take jobs. And I kind of, I kind of, after that moment, after that break, you know, it's kind of this real freeing thing where 
you break and you feel like everything's going to end and you feel like, you know, it's all for naught and that maybe this, you know, like, you know, I guess it's like that boxer, you know, like maybe I'm not going to fucking get up. Maybe I'm just going to lay here for the rest of my life and make people walk over me and step over me as they're going where they want to go, you know, but you don't, you know, we all have that moment as human beings where you get back up and you're just like, eh, you know what? That sucked. And I don't want that to happen again. But it really wasn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. And I'm still here and I still kind of like what I'm doing and I still kind of like who I am. So like, I don't know, maybe we'll just try it again for today. So I kind of, you know, that was like the first little thing. And so I kind of got myself into this mindset of I'm just going to do the next available thing. I'm legit just going to come in here. I'm going to go into every cooking situation I'm going to go into every job because the writing was on the wall and it was definitely time for me to get a different job after that. Um, I don't care what the title is. I don't care what it is. I don't care what I'm doing. If it's something that I care about, if it's something that I think is interesting, I'm just going to do it. And I almost don't even give a shit how much they're going to pay me. I mean, clearly I had to make some money, but it's like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm just going to give them what I got. I'm going to try to give them my best. Um, we all know what life is. You don't give your best every day. I'm going to keep my head up. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to learn and I'm going to see, I'm just going to, I'm really just going to see where this shit takes me. And so it took me some interesting places. You know, it took me to my homeboy, you know, and I love all these people. So, so I want to, I want to preface this by saying like, if you hear me like slick, say something, talking a little shit about one of these jobs, I love all these jobs. All these things contributed to who I am. I'm not who I am without every aspect, every situation of my life. So nothing but love, but it is what it is. We're human beings. This is Memphis. We're going to slick talk a little shit. So, um, you know, I found myself like working at my homeboy's pizza place um, because I just needed some work. You know, I had some money saved and I was super burnt out. Um, But at the same time, like, me sitting still for too long is not a good thing. So I just had to kind of keep it chopping, keep it moving. And so I, you know, I've got these snapshots that I think about all the time when, when things aren't going the way that I want, or just, you know, you know, you just, sometimes life, you get those little like slideshows about places you've been. So I'll always have this snapshot of like working at my homeboy's pizza place at like 31 years old, or, you know, give or take my timeline will be a little sketchy. But like working with these like 7 to 18, 19 year old kids that are like stoned out of their minds, like on acid half the time, just cooking pizzas, you know, but that was like such a valuable, that was such a valuable time and such a valuable place for me because it allowed me that moment of like, dude, just catch your breath. Like life is life and you're doing what you're doing and it's what you want to be doing. It may not be exactly where you want to be, but you ain't dead. You ain't high. You know, you're not miserable. You definitely want some greater things. So just enjoy it, you know, like live in the present, yada, yada, yada. So fast forward from there. And it's kind of funny. And I, and I can legit only say this now. So that's at the end of the day, that's the message that I'm trying to send out here. You will have understanding on the back end of every situation and the way it unfolds in your life. I've definitely got situations right now that are unfolding that I don't understand that hopefully I will one day. But I can definitely say with clarity, the chronological order that everything happened in and the way this led to that, led to that, led to that, led to that makes total sense in my life right now. And if you had asked me at any of, at any given time, 
in any of these moments what was going on, I would be like, motherfucker, I don't know, but whoever does know, I'd like to talk to them because this is not what I signed up for and this is not the way this stuff should be. But hindsight, it was. So from there, it led to somebody that I used to work for called me, said, listen, man, we need some folks out here at this country club. Um, I told them to hire you. All you got to do is show up and um, it'll be good. You'll make some money. It'll be what it is. So I go out there. Um, it was time for me to make a little more money. I kind of knew. And, and, and if I'm being honest, I was kind of having that moment where, um, you know, to really, to really be like a creative chef and to really be a chef that's, I don't like the word trailblazer because there ain't nothing new under the sun, but to be a, to be a chef that like dictates his own style of food or the, the terms in which he wants to cook more often than not, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy. And the, the trip that people don't understand is there's a lot of jobs that require less brain power that pay you more. Like if you're going to be in a truly creative situation, if you're going to be in a kitchen that, that you can dictate, sometimes you'd be better off working at freaking um, Outback Steakhouse. You know, they pay like $16, $17, $18 an hour sometimes. So I took this job at a country club. It's a great place. It's a reputable place. Um, it's TPC Southwind. It's the, the big one in Memphis, the big daddy. And um, making killer money. And I was kind of at that crossroads where it's like, you know what, maybe the play for me is just to leave all this stress behind to leave all, because I also had it kind of fused in my head that to be in a super crazy kitchen, to be in a super creative kitchen was going to be a toxic environment because it was going to be combative. It was going to be hostile. It was going to be push it to the limits. There was going to be, and that's not always the case. That was the case in my life. And in my experience, but I can, I can tell you now, looking back, that's not always the case. So I took the job at Southwind with kind of that mindset, like, you know, maybe it is what it is. Maybe I'm just going to settle into this as a career. Um, you know, they had insurance. I was actually employed by the PGA tour. So like me and Tiger Woods were getting checks from the same place. You know, those checks ain't gonna run out. Right. And it's like, maybe this is what it is. I'll have insurance. I'll, I'll plug along here. I'll rise through the ranks. I'll just be that dude. You know, I can still go anywhere I want and tell somebody I'm a chef and do all that, but it seems stable and it seems sustainable and it seems like, you know, I can raise a family or like do whatever, you know, and, and have vacation and all that stuff. And, um, so I immerse myself in that world. And if anybody knows me, if anybody sat down with me for more than about five minutes, the writing was on the raw wall real quick in that scenario that it's like, man, this ain't the place for me. These people are a bunch of walking zombies. Um, you know, it, it's just, I need to be in those energetic. I need to be in those fluid moving environments. And, um, but at the same time, I didn't have the next spot to go. So it's like, so what do I do? What do I do with my time here? And I learned things that I needed to learn. I learned about the kitchen systems because the one good thing about places like that is they have this corporate imp implemented structure. They have, you know, there's, there's things to be gained by working in a brainless environment because all that means is someone else has done all the thinking for you and they've laid it all out. So you can take some of those templates and you can take some of that stuff, put it in your bag of tricks and be like, man, I'm gonna bust this out later on. So that's another step that I now understand that I didn't understand in the moment why I was there. You know, fast forward that, you know, um, from there, somebody that I'd worked with in the past, um, 
contacted me and asked me, you know, Andrew and Wally were opening up Acre. And they asked me, you know, they said, listen, they need one more guy. I've kind of told them some of the stuff that, that you're able to do and what you offer. And they want to talk to you, you know, and it was this thing where that was kind of like my last, like, all right, man, you know what? I, I'm rested up. I'm ready. I feel good. I feel like mentally in a good place. Um, I kind of thought it's like, all right, I'm getting back into that world where it's going to be a crazy chef screaming at me, a crazy chef throwing plates, a crazy, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's going to be off the chain again. It's going to be like all that shit you see on TV. And it's like, you know what? Maybe I'm ready. Like, maybe I can get back into that. I feel like my chin's a little stronger. Like, you know, I'll probably get knocked down, but it's going to take you a few more punches to knock me down this time. So, um, I threw my hat back into the ring and, and I'll say this till the day I die. Anybody that knows me has heard me say this. That was one of the single most best kitchen environments for me that I've ever been in because I was pushed, I was held to a standard and like, I'll, you know, I'll give some people some insight. I can remember when I went for the interview, it was kind of an impromptu thing. Um, I sat at a table and I was waiting on Andrew, who was the executive chef, Andrew, Andrew Adams and Wally Joe, they, they um, own and operate interim or uh, um, acre. And I'm sitting at the table and I'm waiting on him to come talk to me. And there's a stack of resumes on the table. And it's like, all right, man, like, and we all do that thing as a human being, like, oh, there's a pile of shit I probably shouldn't touch. I probably got a couple minutes. I'll touch it and I'll look at some of this stuff. And so I start looking at these people's resumes and I was completely immediately intimidated because as you've probably heard me say, I didn't go to culinary school. I'm like the little hard knock ex junkie kid from Memphis that you just can't knock down. You can't kill. And I keep showing up and that's kind of where I, how I've gotten to where I'm at. But it was a very intimidating moment for me because I'm looking at these people's resumes and they're like bona fide, man. These people have chops. These people have been to school. These people have, you know, worked at places that I've heard of inside and outside of this city. And so I kind of take that deep breath and it's like, all right, man, it is what it is. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's put our, let's stick our neck out. Let's put our head in this ring and let's see what happens. You know, if, if you get destroyed again, then it is what it is. And you'll go be a cafeteria cook the rest of your life. And you know, that'll be okay, I guess. Um, but a funny thing happened on the way to my demise, which has happened a lot in my life. Um, there was no demise. I, um, I was able to hang and I was nurtured in a good environment and it was, um, I was pushed. I was held accountable. I was given responsibility and when I, and I responded well to it, you know, and, um, you know, it was a very um, encouraging time for me to see people that looked better than me on paper, but they weren't better than me in real life. And, you know, that was a very real moment. And it's a very real thing where you look around and it's like, man, maybe I, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can hang with these people. Um, you know, so my time there was very positive. I love those dudes till the day I die. And I'll tell you another thing that was so good for me to experience is everybody's a little crazy in their own way, but Andrew and Wally, to me specifically, and in my time working for them, they were not abusive. They were not insane. They were not wild and unpredictable. They were like, hey man, we're two people. This is what we give a shit about. This is what we want to do. This, they're not perfect people. Nobody is. But like, this is what we want to do. This is how we do it. This is how we get down. You can go with us if you want or you can't, you know, like it's fine. And, um, it was just an overall, you know, positive experience because another thing, 
you know, in my progression from being the lead to being the leader is you take all these little like, you know, we all do it. I hope we all do it as human beings. Otherwise, I'm just a complete psycho. You take these little snapshots of people you want to be or people that have qualities that you want and you mimic them and you mimic them until they become a part of you or until they become kind of your modus operandi. And so, you know, I, I got some of my leadership and I've gotten leadership qualities from everybody that's ever led me, you know, but, but I picked up some leadership habits and I picked up some, even if it's not leadership habits, I picked up a set of traits that I wanted to pass on from those guys. You know what I mean? Um, I had a very real moment working for them where somebody was asking me, um, man, you know, what's it like? Like, where are you working at now? Like, you know, how, are you digging it? You know, are you this, that or whatever? And I'm, I'm talking about my current bosses and I'm thinking about everybody I've ever worked for. And I'm talking about who I currently work for. And you kind of have one of those like out of body moments where you like get sucked up into that universal consciousness. And it's like, I will never be a perfect person. I will always make mistakes but I don't want anybody to think about me when they're reminiscing or when they're being asked the way I think about this person or the way I think about that person or the way I think about. And so what it is and what, it, what that is, is um, I need to be, whether it's learning what not to do or whether it's learning what to do, I need to try my best in each moment, especially as a chef, as a leader, to be that person that when somebody's talking about me to a young cook or to somebody else in 10 or 15 years, they're like, man, that dude was legit. He was solid. He was crazy. He would scream about this, but like, I'm better for having worked for him. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of carried on to other aspects of my life. Um, to wrap up real quick, you know, the cooking thing from, from Acre, I finally got my first titled position, which I wasn't ready for. And it was back at another country club. It was definitely a different type of country club and it was a different type kitchen experience, but, um, you know, food wise and, and satisfaction wise and pace wise, it wasn't where I wanted to be, but I had to be a leader and I had to figure out how to get people to work under me, how to get people to follow my lead how to get people to believe in me. So that was a huge learning experience. Maybe if it wasn't a culinary learning experience, it was a huge learning experience on how to motivate people, how to deal with people, you know, because when you're, when you're younger or when you're newer to any type of situation or in my life, you feel like information is the energy is the enemy, right? Like you feel like, Oh, I'm the sous chef or I'm the executive chef or I'm the chef de cuisine. I have to know more than everybody else. I can't let them know what I don't know. And that's just stupid because nobody knows everything. Nobody will ever know anything. And if you go into that, if you go into it with that tyrannical, you can't question me because maybe I can't answer your question. You're missing out on real human interaction. You're missing out on growth. You're missing out on knowledge and you're just missing out, man. You're missing the boat because the one thing that I've figured out about being a leader is it's not about being right, it's about making a decision. If you look around in the heat of battle or when things are going wrong, everybody will start to look around. Nobody knows what to do. Newsflash, we're all just bumping around to shit in this earth. None of us know what to do all the time. Everybody's confused, everybody's scared, everybody has fear. 
And all we're really looking for is somebody in any moment that will say, this is what we're going to do. I don't know if it's going to fucking work or not, but for the next 30 minutes until this is over, we're going to do it like this. And tomorrow, if there's a better plan, we'll regroup and we'll do that. And that's what being a leader is. People get paralyzed by thinking that you always have to make the right decision in the right time, in the right moment, in the right context. That is not the case. All you have to do is make a decision. All you have to do is make a decision, put a little emotion, put a little motion behind that, and something will happen. And if it's not the right thing, then you will learn something. If it is the right thing, you'll be the hero. But the only thing that happened, the only thing that separated you from anybody else was the ability to make a decision. People get crippled by over, and I do it too, I overthink all the time. People get crippled by overthinking. People get crippled by this wealth of options. People get crippled by, well, what if I pick this and it means that I can't pick that? That's bullshit, man. Because what is that old Rush lyric? If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You know what I mean? And so at some point, man, you just got to pick. You got to point. You're like, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. So I learned those aspects in a place where culinary wise, I couldn't even tell you half of the shit that we ever put on the menu because I just, I wasn't down for it. It wasn't my favorite thing. It wasn't, you know, it was creeping towards the stuff that I wanted to do, but it just wasn't necessarily the stuff that I wanted to do. If I sound muffled every once in a while, um, I'm legit like sweating like crazy. So I'm like wiping my face every once in a while because I'm bald and I got no hair and like the sweat runs down my face. But anyway, so that's if it sounds weirdly muffled every once in a while, um, you know, I'm just doing the best I can, man. I'm out here in my car fidgeting. But, um, you know, and, and from that job, from that country club job, I got my first executive chef job and I was like so hype, you know, and I was so excited and I thought it was going to be so cool. And it was cool. You know, was, everybody knows or not everybody knows, but like um, it was at Schweinhaus in Midtown, you know, the German beer hall. And um Man, I was hyped because like the whole time I'd been cooking at that country club, it was like a private country club out in Cogerville. So literally nobody that I knew could eat my food. Um, my parents came out there, I think two times to eat my food, you know? So it's like, I felt like I was cooking on the moon. And um, so, you know, the Schweinhaus situation came and it's like, man, first time in my life, executive chef, you know, we finna do shit my way. Like, look who they done gave the keys to the building to. And, um, I had a lot of fun, you know, and, and I had, um, I stand, I stand behind the food that I did in my time there. I was the original executive chef. I was there for, you know, 13, 14, 15 months, but it was one of those situations. It was a very trying situation. It was a very dysfunctional situation. It was a very, and I'll say this, I'm not a, I can't say that. I point fingers just like anybody else. You know, I'm a human being, but at the end of the day, I accept my part in situations. I could have done a lot of things better. I could have learned, I could have done a lot of things differently. Um, but the situation just wasn't, um, it wasn't meant to be, you know, it was a star crossed place. It was, it was doomed for a lot of reasons and my time there was short, you know, so, so fast forward from there and, and, um, you know, it's like, and, and that was a, that was an interesting blow. That was a tough blow for me because it was like, man, it was my first time as an executive chef and I don't feel like I failed, but I guess I failed because, you know, here I am. I'm not the chef of that place anymore. I didn't get fired, but I didn't finish the job, you know, and it's like, um, I didn't do all the things that I wanted to do and I didn't, 
it didn't adhere to that snapshot that I thought it would be, you know, my first executive chef job. So, you know, you're kind of like, um, fuck man, like maybe I finally bit off more than I can chew or, or maybe that's not for me, you know, or maybe, um, and I'll be honest with you. I don't know, like shell shock's not the right word, but a gun shy is like a good word. You know, like I, I chose where I was going to go from there and I kind of wanted to be like less responsible for a minute, you know, because like, man, I'm a human being like shit, man, my feelings got hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, to, to cook for somebody, to write a menu, to dictate the, the cuisine of a restaurant, it's a naked feeling, man, because like, and my food has generally always been well received and like well reviewed, but like it's a really naked feeling, man. You're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself out there to be judged. And like I left there and like when, when any situation ends, man, it never ends well, you know? And it's like people were saying things and people were talking and like, you know, my little ass got butt hurt. I can, I can 100% wholeheartedly admit that. So it's like, man, I just want to like slink to the background. I just kind of want to do my thing on the down low. You know what I mean? And, and, um, I don't know, man. I want those lights to be on somebody else or I want, you know, somebody, I want it to be somebody else's fault if, if something doesn't go right for a change. And so, you know, I, I was a operating partner of a food truck and I helped a friend run a market, you know, and, and, um, she was great to me. It was a great situation. Um, it was a good time, like in my own life, like mentally and physically, you know, because my workload definitely went down a little bit. Um, and at the end of the day, some of my responsibility stuff went down and, and, um, it was kind of one of those like catch your breath, recharge and see what the next move is. And, you know, from there, um, I was there for, you know, about a year and from there, and it's kind of, you'll, you'll understand I'm totally rambling and I get it, but it's whatever. Um, and I've also seen the synergy because in all these situations, you know, whether they ended the exact way that I wanted to, or whether they ended badly or whether I, I did the right thing or whether I did the wrong thing, I took responsibility for my actions. Um, I tried to do the best I could in every situation. I was honest with the people around me and I did the next right indicated thing when I didn't know what to do. I just did what was asked of me or I did was what was expected or I did what I would want somebody to do. And it's kind of weird how as the path has unfolded for me, a situation that I was in two years ago is the reason for a situation that I'm in this year. You know what I mean? Like I got this job because this dude that I was at that job with knows this guy who talked to this dude. And now this motherfucker wants to give me a job. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about. And I know I've kind of made a lot of this about me, but I don't know who else to make it about, you know? Um, when you don't understand why you are where you are, when you don't understand what's going on in the scenario, just keep, I tell, I tell my cooks all the time, just stay frosty. You know what I mean? Don't let anybody catch you slipping. Don't be that guy. Don't be the negative dude. Don't be the dude that's running his mouth about everything. Just keep your head down and do the work, man, because you never know who's watching. And if nobody's watching, the fucking universe is watching you know, and, and it's going to throw you a bone. It's going to reward the, um, the, the steadfast, you know, it's going to reward the people that, that earn the reward. And so, you know, fast forward, I got the job as the chef at the green beetle because Josh that owns the green beetle had come and eaten my food all the time when I was at Schweinhaus and he liked how I got down and he was right next door to bedrock, the place that I was working. And so I was doing some consulting with him 
And he was like, dude, you know, what's it going to take for you to come run this kitchen for me? And so, you know, I took that job and I had so much fun at that job and I loved it, you know, and it's, it's a hard, you know, it's the beetle was a hard place to staff and, um, you know, it's definitely downtown and we were definitely trying to transition through some things. So it was definitely an all in job. I think there was a period of time of about, you know, five, six months that I was at least working six days a week. Um, you know, a lot of doubles and it's just, it's what the job dictated. So I had a lot of fun, but it also put a lot into that place. And, um, you know, I gave it a lot. I put in some effort and, um, you know, I was totally happy to be there and I was totally cool with it. And, you know, to be honest with you, if, if nothing had changed, um, I'd still be there right now. But the reality is, um, you know, I was sitting down at, at the Green Beetle minding my own business and the people that own interim called me and asked me if I wanted a job, you know. And so that's where I am currently, you know, and it's, it's definitely its own set of, um, of lessons. It's definitely its own set of, you know, things for me to work on and things for me to get better at, but like, I'm still on the path, you know, and, and I guess what I'm saying, all that meandering bullshit that y'all just had to listen to is when I first decided, you know, like when I was a kid, when I pictured what I wanted to be, it was a chef, you know, and like when you have that snapshot because of of cooking shows that you've seen or because of movies that you've seen or whatever, it's the chef as it appears that I am right now, if that makes sense. I'm wearing the coat and I'm walking around with the pen and I'm walking by and I'm tasting this with a spoon and I'm saying, oh, it needs more salt or you know, or whatever that douchey crap that we do is. And um, that was the snapshot. And so like point A to point B or, or you know, age 30 getting clean and wanting to finally make another run at it. You know, like that's kind of the daydream. That's kind of the vision that I had. And don't get me wrong, man. I'm not sitting here saying that like I'm living life in the catbird seat and I'm exactly where I want to be. And I got my dream, like man, my dream. And another thing about dreams, it ain't a static thing. It's always going to change. It's always going to move. If your dream ain't moving on you, man, you're not doing something right. You know what I mean? Um, but like that was the snapshot. That was the goal but the reality is everything that I didn't understand, everything that I couldn't comprehend why it was going on, everything that I thought it was a failure, every crying to my mom in the parking lot, every I can't fucking do this, every like I won't fucking do this, not for these cats, um, it all adds up. And I was a chef the whole time or I was on my path to being a chef the whole time. And there were so many days that if you pulled me aside... And you were like, dude, what are you doing now? I'd be like, man, motherfucker, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I know I'm fixing to go, like, cook some food, but I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know where I'm headed, and I don't know why that path that I set out on so many years ago led me to right here. And that wasn't unhappiness. That wasn't not being grateful because I'm grateful for everything in my life. That was just legit not knowing and not understanding and being like, man, I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm trying to set down on this path and this is where it's gotten me and I'm still alive and I still have all the things that I need and I'm still provided for. So it's not, you know, the most, it's not the end of the world or it's not the worst thing in the world, but like, I can't tell you where I am right now. I'm not where I was and I'm not where I'm going, man. I'm just like somewhere, you know? And I think 
I think we get trapped in that social media stuff and I think we get trapped in that I'm comparing my worst days to everybody else's best days or I'm comparing how I feel on the inside to a filtered photo of how someone else looks on the outside and we get lost in that stuff and nobody will admit, you know, like, cause we all, I mean, we're human beings, man. We're all fronting, you know, and we're all trying to project and don't get me wrong. I'm a firm believer in fake it till you make it and you got to put out an image and you got to, you know, dress for success, however you want to, you know, digest that term. But like, you know, we're all out here confused, man. And we're all out here um, disoriented sometimes. And we're all out here um, not really knowing, like if, if this is what we want or if this is what we wanted or if this is what we need. And that's okay. That's, that's the process, man. That's, that's life. That's the human condition. And, um, I guess that's all I'm trying to say is, you know, the person I was talking to earlier had a bad day yesterday, you know, and a bunch of shit didn't fall their way. And fast forward 12 hours, it's a new day and shit's already fallen their way, you know, and I guess, um, man, this check out this synchronicity. So I guess what I'm saying is don't get lost in the sauce, man. Don't get so lost and looking at everything that's going on around you and everything that's not going right and everything that you don't understand that you forget to look at the stuff that is going right and you forget why you set out on the path in the first place and you forget like you know even if it's not always on your terms if you're chasing that dream that you're getting to do something that you love and you're getting to do what you set out to do or even if you're not getting to do something you love or you're not getting to do what you set out to do man you're alive and you're getting to do something you know, you're not dead. You're not in jail. Um, you're getting to live and you're getting to choose and you're getting to, whether it be play the cards you got or, you know, trade those motherfuckers in and get some new cards. You're out there playing the game, man. And, um, if you really think about it, if you separate yourself from any kind of momentary misery, I know there's this big thing where people are always like, stay present, stay in the moment, stay present, stay in the moment. And I'm a firm believer in that. Trust me, you have to stay in the moment. You can't get too lost in what's coming or what's what's already passed. But sometimes you got to pull yourself out of the moment and you got to look at that big picture and you got to be like, man, I don't like this moment. I don't want to participate in this moment. I don't understand this moment, but I have a feeling if I continue to put these moments together, it's going to get me to that picture that I keep looking at or it's going to get me to that place that I said I wanted to get or I said I set out to go. And all that being said, something I just talked about a minute ago, it's okay if the destination changes. Because on some levels for me, the destination has changed. And the end game has changed. And what I truly want, if you'd asked me what I wanted five years ago and what I want today, I mean, what I want right now in this moment is for this to be over so I can turn my air conditioner back on in my car. But if you truly ask me what I want in this moment, it's not what I wanted a year ago. It's not what I wanted a week ago. It's not what I wanted a month ago, you know? Um, and that's okay, man. You know, um, to me, that's another thing about goals or that's another thing about dreams, man. They are not concrete things. Um, you know, if anything, they're, they're calls to action and they are directions to choose and they're not, you know, it's, it's almost like the direction, the direction that you move in is sometimes more important in my mind than the destination. So that's where I'm going to leave it today. I'm going to wrap it up with that. I've got to get to this meeting, but you know, um, 
wherever you are, wherever you feel like you're at today, whether it's where you want to be or not where you want to be or, or, you know, it's okay, man. And I can't promise you relief. I can't promise you a smile at the end of the day, but I can promise you if you keep doing the next right indicated thing and you keep living earnestly and you keep being honest with yourself and honest with the people around you and, you know, accepting responsibility and owning up to your mistakes and, and, um, trying to learn from them and legit trying to change every time you screw up you'll get somewhere else and it'll be closer to where you're trying to go or it'll be where you thought you needed to be all along or it'll be this other cool little place this cool little dream site type scenario where it's like man this is not where I thought I was going to wind up this is not where I thought I was headed but I'll be damned if I'm not happy and I'll be damned if this doesn't feel like home if this doesn't feel like the place that I should have always been so stay frosty, keep chopping. Um, I'm going to try to do a little better about keeping my content coming uh, a little more regular. I've got some interviews lined up. I bought some cameras. I've got some stuff in the works. I'm also a technological idiot. So I need some people to help me that have been out of town and some things like that. So stay tuned, stay frosty, keep your head on a swivel. We've got some more stuff coming. I appreciate y'all's time today. I'm about to get done with this and turn this AC on. Um, thank you for joining Lost in the Sauce with DT. I'll see y'all when I see y'all.